Cincinnati. Hello and welcome to episode 19 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast that sets its roster, practices all week and drives over to Indianapolis to give the Colts a good knacking. My name's Paul Hirons and in the sewing room with me tonight is the Mr. to my Kipling, the McCain's to my oven chips, the Finders to my crispy pancake. I've got a bit of a crispy pancake at the moment, but I've oh, <laughs> got some cream for that. Um, the Solid to my handle, the Josh to my tupu, and the She to my Ra. It's Nathan Palmer, everybody. That's certainly an interesting one this week, Paul. Um, I'm, episode- rocking, I'm rec- ro- rocking the old retro uh, tea time dishes oh, there. Do you know what? I've had a fat week. I've been eating so much. <laughs> and honestly, listening to that, it's like you're looking at me while judging me for it. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, how do you know I'm not? <laughs> yeah, I, true, yeah. Um, I'm lucky, buzzing. Lucky you didn't, I didn't mention a leek pie. Oh, oh mate. <laughs> Chicken and leek pie. You don't even eat meat, though. No, but I used to. I used to. Oh, okay. All right, right, right. That's one of my favourite pastimes, the old chicken and leek pie. The old pie. I want episode 20. You want it now? Should we just skip this? I'm just not really fussed about tonight, so we might as well just crack through it quickly. There's not much to talk about. No, there's not much. Apart from a massive season preview episode. Well, that's it. Apart from that, there's nothing else. Do you know what I mean? Like All I want is episode 20 next week. That's That's what you want. You want the landmark. I want it. You want to be talking about a game, I want to right? be 20 episode veteran of Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming soon. It's it coming, coming soon. Um, but we do, before then, we do have a packed episode for you this week. Uh, as it is our season preview episode, uh, we'll be speaking to Bengal.com's Jeff Hobson in a little while. We're going to be hearing from a bunch of you guys. Uh, more of that a bit later. And... Um, Nathan and I are going to reveal our own season predictions at the end of the episode. Absolutely. Uh, Nathan is also going to be singing PJ and Duncan's Let Get Ready to Rumble at the end of the episode <laughs> on his own and a cappella. Well, you, Nathan? I'll put a shoot off, actually, Paul. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't warned about this. Okay, well, we have got a lot to get to. And um, Saturday, it was the big roster cut, the 53-man roster announcement. Uh, lots of frenetic, uh, well... Frenetic? Frenetic. I don't know about frenetic. Mean? Well, crazy kind of... That's fanatic, isn't it? No, fanatic is... Well, we'll talk about frenetic and word fanatic. meanings la- later. But oh, you it know was, I like to be educated on this podcast. It was crazy, wasn't it? Well, yeah, it, was it crazy? I don't know. Well, I think, considering they brought Michael Johnson back, potentially not as much so. I, was, I wasn't I was that surprised about Ryan Hewitt. Kivaro Russell's slightly surprising. Um... I don't know. I mean, I've, I've fair, I mean, it was interesting that like, the Hackenberg move was quite interesting. There was quite a lot there that, you know, was a bit surprising, but nothing crazy. I think, well, I think at the end of it, people were thinking Auden Tate was going to get cut. Yeah. Because yeah. that article on Bengals.com sort of alluded to it. We'll have to have a word with Jeff about Well, I know. Later, but, stoking uh, up fear amongst know, the Bengals fans. Right. But what did you think of it? Yeah, like you're saying, uh, obviously, the, a couple of days before, they got rid of Chris Baker. They got rid of, trimmed a few other guys off the roster, which you kind of... Yeah, dead were. wood almost, yeah, not to be too yeah. unkind. Um, Ryan Hewitt was a not a surprise, but he was... You feel like he's been hanging on for a few years, don't you? He's sort of, his and roles feel, diminished. And he's, he's, the weird thing about Ryan Hewitt is is that he's not a bad player. Um, he just doesn't didn't seem to fit schematically in what yeah. we would do. We're not a power running game. No, and not anymore anyway. Well, not for a while, I'd say. Until like maybe the first year with Jeremy Hill. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, and 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 I think that was the first year he came into league as well. So, 
That's a shame for Hewitt, and we've just read that he's been picked up with the Colts. So, so he's we'll basically see. just passed our playbook over to the Colts. Basically, isn't he? yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, that's probably a move by the Colts just to kind Honestly, of. Honestly, I always wonder track. about that because you could easily say, "Well, these signals mean this and that," and do you know what I mean? They're probably oh, yeah, just put yeah, him yeah. in the room with the defensive coordinator. There's got to be all looks and you know oh, like yeah, various 100%. calls that Dalton's making. And... Well, did you see the last episode of Hard Knocks? When uh... oh, I, I need to watch that. You know, it's good. It's good this this year, I think. And some dude, ex Eagles dude, stood up in front of the Browns' sort of defensive room and told them basically everything that the Eagles do, the weaknesses of certain players and they played them in pre this was the, the yeah, pre season. Yeah, yeah. That barnstorming five nil victory by Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> um so it's a shame for Ryan here because he seemed like a good guy, really enjoyed his time in Cincinnati. A fond farewell to him. Yep. Um you mentioned Michael Johnson. That was an interesting one, wasn't it? Have you read that article? I think you might have retweeted it on Bengals UK. From Paul Dana. Uh, from Paul Dana. Really good piece. Really good and well read. And it yeah, explains yeah. everything. So if you haven't read it, go on to Paul Dana Jr.'s Twitter timeline and read that article. Because basically a lot of people kind of say, well, hold on a minute. We cut yeah, him yeah. and then we brought him back for the exact same money. Why? Yeah, yeah. And basically the reason was what Paul calls roster gymnastics. Yeah. It's quite a smart move, wasn't it? Yeah, it's like designed to keep those young players on the roster. Um, like free up a roster spot or something, wasn't it? Yeah, like and, until until waivers are over, yeah, yeah, and then kind of put you know bring MJ back with the understanding that um, he'll still be on the same money and still be you know the same sort of role. Yeah, but then they can kind of place people on IR because they won't go out to waivers or anything. So it's quite actually, bloody hell, that's quite savvy. Well, yeah, I mean, they, Paul was saying in his article, along, so we got on the lines, there needed to be a lot of trust between the two because the Bengals can easily cut him and then obviously he's completely on the free market. So and apparently that he did get a lot of phone calls, which I imagine came straight away from bloody Oakland. Yeah, absolutely. Who were picking up just about anyone from us. I and know. then quite possibly Minnesota, Mike Zimmer might have wanted to look at that and quite possibly from Cleveland as well. Yeah. And obviously, that you know, someone, he says, you know, cut me, I'll come back I promise and someone offers him an extra million yeah absolutely. Do you know what I mean it's quite a but know, as, again as Paul says in the article we don't mean to be just regurgitating his article but it is really just ripping well, off his article basically the yeah yeah we are uh, <laughs> we actually wrote the article and then gave it we to Paul we are arch plagiarizers that's what we are um <laughs> But yeah, you know, he kind of said it takes a lot of trust between two parties and there's there's if there's one guy you're going to trust it's, uh, it's your favourite man, isn't it, Paul? Eh? How did you feel when you, with all this? Well, unfolding? it's been a bit of an emotional roller coaster for me in the last say. few days. You know, the last, uh, you know, Saturday, the pit of despair, yeah. and then uh, yesterday or today was like elation. That's absolutely right. Well, no, I mean, to be honest with you, I can understand why they would have cut him mm. because his role has diminished. His his kind of his ability and athletic kind of prowess I mean there's no the guy's stacked right but mm. his his ability to kind of really stamp his his authority on a game has kind of waned a little bit yeah um, he's become a very much sort of rotational starter he has he? and that's fair enough but so I, I actually wouldn't have complained from a footballing point of view if we cut him but obviously when your favourite player goes you kind of and then there were rumours of him coming back you kind of want you, you yeah of course yeah um, the quarterback uh, position is interesting to me. Jeff Driscoll, by dint of uh, Matt Barkley's unfortunate injury, Jeff Driscoll is the, the backup quarterback. Mm. Um, and they signed Kristen Heckenberg. Um, Hackenberg. 
Heckenberg. It's not Heckenberg, is it? Yeah, Christian Heckenberg. I thought it was Hackenberg. Oh, I'm going to Google that in a minute. Oh, I reckon it's Hackenberg. All right, all right. Um, trouble is with him, he's been with three different teams since he was he, drafted. Yeah. Jets, Raiders, Eagles. And it just felt, with all, all, due, all due respect to, to Mr. Heckenberg. Um, I'm telling you, it's Hackenberg. <laughs> Um, it just feels like a stopgap thing. He's not there to be developed. He's not. Well, he was a second-round pick. And I remember back in the day, there was rumours of him being a first-round pick. But <coughs> I, mean, I watched his game against um, the Jets, actually. He was playing for the Eagles against the Jets. Mm. And he looked dreadful. He really did. And they, the, the Eagles put him in a situation like, go on, go out there and throw the ball. And he threw two horrible interceptions. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, like... But it seems to me, they, they seem to just, like, get backups or practice squad guys... Who just basically make Andy Dalton look like mm. Joe Montana? You're not going to bring in a good quarterback on the practice squad. I mean, in some ways, you. Why always, not? Well, I don't know. Paxton Lynch is out there. Davis yeah, Webb. You know, true. it's like why don't we? Why? Paxton Lynch would be more exciting than. Well, he's a first Adenberg. round pick, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, he's a massive that geezer as well. Yeah. Um, Mason Shrek, the tight end position. We got rid of uh, Ryan Hewitt. Retain Mason Shrek. Yeah. I have a theory about this. Yep. I think. That they they picked Mason Shrek up because they want to have a look at him for next year. They might get rid of Tyler Croft. They might not extend Tyler Croft. Save a bit of money. Save a bit of money. Sign Mason Shrek, who is pretty much sort of physically and game wise like for like. Yeah. Now, if he can just get you know rid of the fumbles, so that's that's my hot take about the tight end position and he looked pretty good in pre-season Mason yeah. Shrek, I must say well it's good to give him a chance I mean as well, the thing is he might play more than we need him to if Tyler Eifert doesn't well that, it is security well. for Eifert and maybe I think that's another reason probably the reason I'm just speculating obviously but um, you know with Tyler Eifert's health kind of up and down although mm. I did draft him in my fantasy league this year so he better st- bloody stay healthy um, and then we you know we kept Auden Tate yeah. Um, we kept Cody Court as I well. I think with Auden you know, Tate, it's interesting because everyone got really excited in the preseason, sort of, you know, the camp flashes and highlights. And then he had that massive game, didn't he, the first one? But then he never really did much more from there. I know he caught a couple of passes in the last game. I think it's going to be interesting to see how they use him this year because I know there was a lot of sort of fantastical talk about, you know, we're in the red zone, we just chuck him in there and throw it to him as if he's some sort of like, Superman. you know, Superman. But like... It will certainly be interesting. His problem is he's just not a lot of speed and no. Like, you know, that's I think he, issue, I think he's going to be a situational player. And of course, what Cody Core gives you is special teams. Yes, and Alden Tate doesn't give adaptability. you adaptability. No, he doesn't. Right. Okay. Um, Can I say one last thing? Yes. One thing that I think's disappointing is Andrew Brown being cut. I think when you're getting rid of fifth round players that you've drafted well, within been... one camp, I know we got him back on the practice yeah. squad, but to me. We said this before the draft. We were convinced, and we said this, I think, at the fan meet-up. We were saying, look, the Bengals got too many picks. Yeah. I mean, last year, you know, you had four players that didn't make the roster that we drafted. You know, you had Jake Elliott going, and you had a couple of other people that got um, released. And it's the same issue. you got Brown, you got Logan Woodside. It's two of your picks immediately well, just Woodside's gone. Well, Woodside's got uh, signed by the Titans, hasn't he? Yeah. So. But I think with Andrew Brown, I think there is a legitimate footballing reason. Oh, of course. I'm not saying there you is know, any um, other. But... He's another three-technique guy. Yeah, yeah. And they wanted... A That's backup. a lot of high pick to invest in yeah, someone. Because yeah, yeah. no, you I could agree. have had AJ McCarron back for that. 
True. Do you know what I mean? And I'm not saying AJ McCarron's in any way sort of like, you know, he's going to be the star. But he's certainly a better backup to me than Driscoll is. Certainly a more proven, like, knows the system, knows the the way it all works. So I think when you're making picks like that and you can't guarantee them the roster, I'm not too fussed about a seventh round pick not making it. That's kind of fair enough. It's always going to be a bit of a gamble. But a fifth rounder, you kind of want to see a little bit more longevity there. Yeah, but I think it's great that he's on the practice squad and... In Josh Tupu, you've got a pure nose tackle backup yeah. to Andrew Billings, whereas Andrew yeah, yeah. Brown, by all accounts, was another three te- three tech. Um, so yes, yeah, so I agree with you, but at least he's on the practice squad, and I, I'm I'm not too fussed about that. Quick question, right? Go on. Can you ever remember a player being put on the practice squad? And ever coming on for the practice squad the next year to make a contribution in any way? Uh, Deshaun Williams a little bit. Um, oh, I don't know. But really. no, I'll have to have a think about that. Because it doesn't remember. ever appear that you sort of get a geezer on there and then next year it's almost like sending him out on loan in like football. Yeah, that's you right. You know, about Spurs sent Harry Kane out to Millwall and then he comes yeah. back and, you know, you don't see it much, do you? It's sort of they're either good or that's it. They yeah. just never seem to get off that practice squad. No, I agree. Uh, now, I mentioned at the start of the episode that uh, I put it out to our most frequent Twitter interactors to come up with their own predictions. And we've got three little packages. We've received a lot of uh, people's kind of recordings. So here's the first one. Hi guys, it's Martin from London here with my uh, hopes and dreams for the Bengals this year. I want to see Eifert play 16 games. I'm looking forward to seeing Perfect reacquaint himself with Juju. I'm looking forward to Mixon rushing for at least a thousand yards. I'm looking forward to seeing Dunlap get at least 20 sacks. And we will win at least 10 games. Peace. Hi, this is Chris Hood, Twitter handle HoodACP. That's Hooday with an extra O. I've been supporting the Bengals since around 1984, but I can't remember getting this excited about a season where we're picking up from the final minutes of last year, which ended on such a high with that brilliant pass by Dalton and TD by Boyd. But then there was the news that Marvin Lewis was staying on. I was a bit disappointed by that, I have to say. But soon the signs were there that Bengals of 2018 are not going to be the Bengals that we've come to know and love over the past few decades. The appointments, re-signings and even at least one cut were quite un-Bengal-like. And I have to say that at the moment I'm glad that Marvin Lewis is still there. So here we are on the point of going into the new season feeling, well, positive. This is odd. How will we do? Well I think we can take inspiration from last year's Jaguars. Now there's a phrase I never thought I'd say. Like them, we have an immense defence, particularly if they can learn how to stop the run. But Dalton is better than Bortles. Overall, our offence is probably better, though again, there may be a question over the run game. So playoffs are definitely a high possibility. A win there, of course, is a, would be a dream. Beyond that, well, who knows? I fear our weakness on both sides in the run game could be the undoing in the second half of the season and hold a push for the Super Bowl. But I hope to see us get to about 11-5 and five and possibly take the division. Who day? Hello, it's Martin Calzine at Ugly Game. As a Bengals fan, I generally have two preseason moods. Hope against hope 
and abject despair. Last season, it was despair. This time, though, it's hope. There's cause for optimism, the line and the passing attack, although it's not clear to me yet that Bill Lazor has a decent plan for the undoubted depth we have at wideout. On the other side of the ball, we're going to get pressure and pile up sacks, while on the back end, our secondary is going to shut down top receivers. But I'm deeply concerned about the running game. Only Trey Carson has looked like he can run between the tackles, while the defence has a massive run-stopping hole in it, shaped exactly like Vontes Perfect. Last season was a dispiriting 7-9. and nine. I don't necessarily expect us to win lots more games, but if the O-line clicks, I think it could be a promising 8-8. Eight and eight. Better to come next year. Oh dear, excuse me. It's uh, Duncan Price here, aka Dastardly Duncan, with my Bengals season preview. The thing I'm most looking forward to is seeing the youngsters get a chance to shine. Um, we've cut some established veterans and um, I look forward and I'm optimistic about what we can do in the season to come. Um, my biggest concern, as always, and with a lot of people, is the O-line, whether they can protect Andy and whether they can open holes in the running game on a regular basis. I'm going with a pessimistic 8-8 eight and eight for my season prediction, but of course I hope we can do a lot better. <laughs> Afternoon Paul and Nathan, hope you're alright. I think we'll finish top 12 in interceptions. I think we'll finish top five in the league in sacks and pressures. And we're going to have three Pro Bowls this year on defence alone. Uh, we're going to have William Jackson III, Geno Atkins and Carlos and all getting to the Pro Bowl. Uh, offensively, Dalton's going to have his best year yet in touchdowns, not necessarily yards. Joe Mixon, I think, will finish top ten in yards from scrimmage. Uh, the boy's an absolute stud. And I think we're going to finish top of the AC North. Uh, I wasn't thinking that a few months ago, but now I'm starting to think so. But I just think, you know, the the laser offense just seems to be similar to Jay Gruden's. He just looks as though Dalton feels comfortable with it. I can just see us having success with it. I, I, I really do. I, I do think genuine will get 11 wins. 11 and 5, like I said, is my prediction. One last one for you, Paul. I was thinking I'm going to do one of my over-unders for you. Over under, do you think you'll get more matches on Tinder during the regular season than the Bengals get wins? I'm going to leave you with that one. Nathan, Paul, keep up the great work. It's awesome. You've been doing an awesome job. And uh, long may it continue. Who day, everybody? Well, there we go. <laughs> what an ending. What an ending to that. And just to recap, well, that was Martin Matthews, Chris Hood, Martin Calladine, Duncan Price, Dastardly Duncan, being dastardly for a change. That was the dastardliestness I've ever seen. <laughs> that was brilliant. And Sam Anger, who forgot to <laughs> actually say his name and introduce himself, but I think made up for it for his challenge at the end. What do you reckon? I reckon the Bengals are getting more wins. No, <laughs> <laughs> I reckon you could be right. I've got some going. To... What happened with this match anyway from last week? Um, any, any good? 
Uh, what match? So you can't even remember so how many, many matches he gets. Um, I'll talk to you that off mic. Um, <laughs> so yeah, thanks for taking the time. There's more predictions from you guys to come, and and there's a lot of positivity there, right? Yeah, I like that. Some good analysis, some interesting predictions. Um, I think it's so funny how everyone gets so excited, and there a few people in there were saying, you know, I was wanted Lewis out, wasn't sure about this, wasn't sure about that, and all of a sudden you see a few like preseason games, the balls oh. in the air. Paul's just spilt his beer on the floor. Um, and, yeah, everyone gets excited, didn't they? You know, the, the attitudes change. So it'd be interesting, I think, once the season gets underway to see how we all come out with that. Yes, indeed. Sorry, I'm just wiping myself down because that beer was a nightmare. Um, He's right. got too excited after his Tinder chat and he's I gone know. Um Right. Um, thanks for all your predictions there. As I said, there'll be more later on in the programme. But now oh, it's time for our special guest. And it's Jeff Hobson. So, yes, on the line from inside Paul Brown Stadium is none other than Bengals.com senior writer Jeff Hobson, the only person we've had on the show twice. Jeff, welcome back. Paul, thanks a lot. It's great to be on. Great to be with you and Nathaniel. Tremendous. Nathaniel. Wow. I bet only your mother calls you Nathaniel, right? <laughs> That's very British of you there, Jeff. <laughs> it's better than most things people call him. I can I can tell you that right now. Um, right. So, Jeff, um, we're on the eve of the 2018 season. What's the mood inside Paul Brown Stadium? Because a lot of fans seem extremely positive this year after a very unpositive uh, or negative word. That's the word I was looking for. Um, uh, end to last year, uh, there was a bit of kind of apathy about certainly within Cincinnati. That's what we were picking up. Um, but there seems to be a lot of positivity about do you pick that up from within the stadium, within the players and the coaching staff? Yeah, you know, I think uh, they did what they had to do. They had to blow up the offense, you know. They had to blow up the offense. They had to blow up uh, what they were doing on the offensive line. Uh, they had to uh, give confidence to their playmakers because there, there, there was absolutely none. Um, you know, worst running, the worst rushing season in uh, franchise history. Uh, dead last on offense. Um, and uh, I think the way they came out and played in the preseason, you know, the two the, the two displays against Buffalo and against Chicago, not not very good in Dallas, but uh, the way they began the preseason and the way that first team ended the preseason, I think there's a little bounce and a step around here. And, uh, you know, you got to remember, last year, that first team didn't score a touchdown until September 24th. So... When they punched it in and on October 9th on their first shot, October 8th or whatever it was, I think that kind of served to be a boost uh, for everyone. And I think uh, there are enough veterans that have been around this thing that, uh, you know, I think they feel like the defense is, is back to where it might have been a couple of years ago. And uh, so I think there's a little bit of, uh, I think each side of the ball is kind of feeding off each other. Um. I mean that 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 feels positive from inside the building, and the fans are positive because they've got a lot of good players, or at least promising players, in a lot of skill positions. I think the one surprise that um, we fans of uh, kind of feeling is that they've gone with youth. It's almost a very unmarvin like way of doing things. He obviously likes to redshirt people and bring people along slowly. But there seems to be a real investment and emphasis on youth. Is that is that surprised you uh, this year? 
Yeah, yeah, I'm a little bit, you know, it's always surprised when, you know, Marvin Wax a veteran, you know, but it's funny, Paul, there's a little, there's a little bit of a funny uh, uh, mix to it. You're exactly right. I think on some of the stuff uh, we had, we were looking at, uh, well, Michael Johnson came back, yeah. so his, his, age, his average age kind of upped it a little bit, so we're now a little bit older than Cleveland by a percentage point, right. but we're still number two. We're still a young team, but yet if you look at it, like the average years of NFL experience kind of stayed the same, and the starters on each side of the ball are like, you know, about maybe about five years, so while it's young... It's it's they played they played a lot of they played a lot of ball. It's I mean, yeah. Only se- uh, only seven rookies ended up making the fifty three. You know, I think last year it was fourteen rookies and first year guys. This this year that number was cut in half. Mm-hmm. So I think you're right. It's a young team, but I think it's probably young, but a little bit more experienced than last year, perhaps. Um, because obviously the young guys have another year, and then. You got, you know, you get a guy like Preston Brown and Cordy Glenn thrown into the mix, and um, you know, guys like Nick Vigil and and uh, uh, Jordan Evans and Clayton and Clayton and Clay, and Evans and Clayton Fedgel, and Suddenly, you know, they're a year older, and I think that, you know, um, I think it is. I think it's an interesting mix. I think it's a different mix than last year, where it was pretty much giant, kind of almost young and dumb. Yeah, and this yeah. year it's a little bit. You know, it's a little bit, they're, young, they're, they're younger, but they're also older in an odd way. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jeff, looking at the preseason and training camp, I mean, you'd have had a keen eye on the team. Are there any players that have made the uh, the 53-man roster that, you know, who do you think of, of those players could potentially be the surprise player to take a real step forward this year? Like, Do you, do you think there's a player that's gone under the radar a bit that could surprise you? Yeah, I, I think that's a great question. I think Tyler Boyd, steps up and becomes a star. I think he's been quietly gone under the radar until he made that play in Baltimore last year. But I think a guy I think he's a guy who's gonna who's gonna have a hell of a year. Um I think uh a guy up front maybe we're gonna start talking about is probably maybe right guard Alex Redmond. Yep. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna come on. I think we'll be talking about Billings. I think he's gonna have a breakout year. Yeah. He certainly has had that kind he certainly had that kind of a camp, you know. And, uh, and of course, you know, I guess you can't say William Jackson is a surprise, obviously. But, uh, you know, I think Billings, I think Redmond, uh, Boyd, and I guess Boyd's not really a surprise, is it? Um, a guy I like who I think can give them what Marvin Jones did, Josh Malone, I yeah. think is a guy that is going to emerge. Um, you know, and I, and I think up front there's going to be a, a, I think, you know, a guy will, be, probably, will probably be talking about at the end of the year is Jordan Willis. Mm. I think a very, a very solid guy, a productive guy, just puts his head down and plays. And you know, I think by the time you get done with this series, you're going to look up to have six and a half, seven, eight sacks. Well, it's exciting to hear you say that because I mean, there's a lot of players in there, and I completely agree with all of them that you've said. And I think that's the exciting part about the Bengals this year that we do have a lot of young players that could potentially come on. Looking around, it's the funny AF- because some of them. Are, it's funny because some of them have done some things that, that maybe they aren't a surprise. You yeah. Know? No, I I do agree with you. But I mean, looking around the AFC North, if you're looking at Cleveland, obviously they look like they've improved this year. Baltimore, I think, I'm not too sure. Pittsburgh, the same. What's your take on the competition in the AFC North? Do you think it'll be a tougher year for us in the division this year? Or do you think it might be, um, do you think we might have a better chance? It's interesting. I, I don't know. I was trying to get a handle on that yesterday. I was trying to write my prediction column and not doing very well with it. But uh, <laughs> I think... 
I think Cleveland has, you know, I, I when I match them up, when I match up the Bengals, you know, how is that offensive line going to play with Baltimore, with Pittsburgh? You know, um, I think Baltimore is could go either way. I think they're very fragile. Um, I think they could, you know, Flacco could come maybe out throwing like it's 2013, or they could be in the middle of a of a uh, of a full blown quarterback controversy. And I'm not sure, you know, they upgraded at receiver, but it seems like they get the they really don't have they still don't have a threat at mm. receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Pittsburgh is you know Pittsburgh is pretty solid. You know, they got a hell of a defense. You know, I think what separates Pittsburgh from everybody else in the division has been their offensive line and the way they run the ball. Yeah. And uh, uh, I think, in my mind, if Cincinnati's offensive line, you know, can find a scheme that they're comfortable with and get Bell loose and, and get Mixon loose, then I think they're right even with them because I think Joe Mixon is Le'Veon Bell, uh, Le'Veon Bell South. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think they, they're right in the mix with them. Like Cleveland, I don't think, I, I, you know, to me, yeah, they've, I don't, you know, I guess they've improved, but I think they kind of gambled with their first three picks. I think they picked the, I think they picked the, uh, the biggest gamble of the quarterbacks. I think they took a, uh, they took, they should have taken probably the pass rusher instead of the corner with the next pick. And then they took, uh, they took an offensive lineman. that's not really a tackle. So, uh, you know, I don't know if they had a. I, I don't know how much they're gonna they're gonna turn it around with the people they have. I mean, I think they'll obviously win. You know, they won't they won't go goose eggs again. But uh, you know, I think it's a it's a haul for them to get to six wins. It's interesting to hear you say that. I mean, it's certainly going to be a competitive division. You, you talk there quickly about Mixon. What do you think about him for the upcoming year? Because uh, a lot of people, you know, were looking at his performance last year and they were a little bit not sure. What have you seen you, from Joe? You were saying that. <laughs> yeah. What do I you think about him? him? I wish the hell they would get that running game squared away. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. he's a, uh, if they can get him out of it, if they can get him from under wraps, he's a weapon. I, I think he has... The, I think he has Bell kind of talent. You know how much Bell means to Pittsburgh. Yeah. He would mean that. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? You know, they got Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. Can you imagine Joe Mixon and AJ Green or Joe Mixon that's unwrapped? Yeah. Um, I think he really showed what he can do in the pass game. Mm. You know, caught two balls of at least 20 yards. I mean, he's smooth. I mean, he's a weapon out there. Get him the ball, you know, so, um, and, and, and hand it off to him. So, uh, you know, just going back and looking back at that last Pittsburgh game. You know, uh, people forget that if they don't, you know, kind of a phantom, hold, phantom holding call on Geo, but, you know, that's, that, that's a 61-yard touchdown to AJ that puts them up 24 to 10. Yeah, mm. yeah. And they, ended up, and they ended up getting, and, and at that point, remember, Mixon only got seven carries before he got a concussion, and Geo uh, kept it going. You know, between the two of them, they had 130 yards rushing, and that's the only way you're going to beat Pittsburgh. That's the only way... You're going to keep the ball out of Ben's hands, and it's the only way uh, you're going to keep that pass rush off you. Is you've got to find a way to dent that three-four. And you know, I, I, I really, I have high hopes for that running game because I, although they showed absolutely nothing in the preseason, so much so that it's a, a little scary. But I think the scheme is better, and I think the players are better. I, I just, uh, if, if. To me, the question is uh, how are they going to? You know, to me, the question is going to be how do they run the ball, and that's then you'll know how they're going to do this season. 
Jeff, you mentioned that you were about or in the middle of writing your prediction article for Bengals.com. Um, it would be remiss of us not to ask you what your pr- uh, prediction is, but feel free not to go into specifics if that's going to be a spoiler for your article. Oh, no, no, absolutely, absolutely not. I'd love to talk about it with you guys. Maybe you guys can talk me out of it or talk me out. You know, I got them winning 11 games, and I don't, and I think it's, I got them winning go. 11 games, and it, it just, it just doesn't, it just doesn't seem like that like when you start looking at it. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know how the league is. I guess they could go 5-11. and 11. I, I, But, you know, if you look at it, it's not like they're playing uh, Pittsburgh every week. You know what I mean? I know. I know. They got, I know they're at Carolina. They're at, they're at Atlanta. You take a look at Carolina's offensive line. I might be playing uh, a tackle there. <laughs> Carolina, I mean, they're really banged up. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And what's, and, and what's the Bengals' strength? The defensive line. Mm. Well, that's a pretty good matchup in that game, you know. Yeah. Now, you know, I, uh, uh, you know, I, I, and it's funny. I go back and I look at these other. You know, I go back. I go to the ESPN dot com predictions. Every writer I look at has their team beating the Bengals every time they play. Yeah. Even even Tampa, which I can't figure out. But you know, you got to beat. You know, you got to beat Tampa at home. You should win that game. You should beat Ryan Tannehill at home. Yeah, it's uh, true. It's true. I can't. I mean, I mean, you know, Brent Grimes is playing corner. You know, yeah. this team that that matchup is uh, that that they should win that matchup. That's a game I think that you know on paper anyway mm. they ought to win. You know, I, I mean, I look at at Indy. You know, the Colts have a rookie offense. You know, they have a rookie head coach, a rookie offensive coordinator, a rookie defensive coordinator. Um, well, Marvin Lewis has a veteran staff. Mm. I mean, on paper they ought to win that one. You know, I mean, I guess I guess Andrew Luck could throw for four bills, but is he going to do that his first time out? Yeah. Uh, probably shouldn't, you know, and I, you know, I, you know, like I said, I think with Pittsburgh, if you get Nixon going, I think you can, you can split those. I think you can split with Baltimore. Uh, they really shouldn't. I mean, I know Denver is, uh, you know, they beat Denver last year, getting 190 yards, you yeah, know? Yeah, so yeah. now they, now they got Denver at home. So, you know, I probably one that probably they match up pretty good in, I would think, uh, you know, I mean, don't have them winning in Kansas City. Uh, uh, don't um, I can't remember if I got them winning in L.A. You know, it's the first time they they go to L.A. since the Curse of Bow game. In, yeah, uh, right. Yeah. In uh, the ninety in the ninety playoffs. I remember it well. So, I mean, I could see you know I could see them losing that just because of logistics, but yeah. I forget how I picked that one. But uh, you know, I guess people are going to say I'm a houseman. I'm uh, you know I'm doing drugs. I'm starry eyed. Uh, <laughs> Which obviously you, know, you are rock and roll, and you're doing all those things, you know, Jeff. But you're you know, I've watched too much. You know, you know I've watched too much of the King's Speech when the guy comes out of nowhere. And <laughs> now, speech. now then, now but, then, uh, now then. Now we're, we're obviously that's a great movie. It is a, a great. It is a great, great film. Oh, now, now tremendous. We we are obviously just hearing you speak about that. We're we're going to be talking about that a bit later after you. And we know that you've got to get off in a minute. But um, you mentioned your love of uh, in the last time you came on. You mentioned your love of um, the Crown, the Netflix series, The Crown. Okay. And uh, I did okay. say to you that the next time you come on, we're going to do a quiz of British That's sort good. of. Uh, kind of British American royal stuff around that time. So I'm as good as my word, yeah. Jeff. So if you're game That's great. Um yes, I've got we've got a little quiz. It's only gonna last one minute, so um okay. and it's gonna be based on a British T V series called Mastermind. So um you're gonna yeah. hear some music in a minute, okay? Uh so it's like Jeopardy. 
Well, a little bit, a little bit, except there is no jeopardy in this. Jeff, I've had a look at the questions. They look bloody hard, so good luck. (laughs) He's winding you up. Oh, man, I hope it's not the worst minute of my life. Well, it's (laughs) not. It's not not designed to make a fall out of you. Uh, Here we go. Welcome to a very special edition of Bengals UK Mastermind. Uh, we have our next test contestant. Would you like to take a seat there? Thank you. Your, na- your, na- your name, please, sir. Jeff Hobson. And your occupation? Sports writer. And your chosen subject. Actually, yeah, you don't know what your chosen subject is. But, yes, you have one minute. You can pass uh, on any question. We'll come back to it. And... Um, but yes, you have one minute. If you get more than ten right, me and Nathan are going to send you a prize. Okay. Beautiful. Uh, yeah. Your minute starts now. What is the name of Queen Elizabeth's first-born child? Uh, that would be uh, first-born child was uh, Philip. Uh, incorrect. Um, who won the 1940 World Series? Oh, Charles. Uh, yeah, I'll give you that Charles. one. Yeah, yeah. Who won the 1940 World Series? 40 World Series, that was the uh, the Reds. Correct. Um, in which town did Queen Elizabeth visit in 1957? Which Virginia town, I should say? That was uh, Williamsburg. Correct. Which country is better, America or Britain? <laughs> America. Incorrect. But we're the same. <laughs> but, but we're the same. <laughs> World War Two. World War Two started in 1939. Who won that year's NFL championship? Ooh, that's a great question. That would have been the, uh, had to be the, was it the Bears? No, incorrect. Who, what was the name of the abbey in which Elizabeth and Philip married? Westminster. Correct. In which European country was Prince Philip born? Uh, that was, uh, uh, Jeez, Holland, no. No, ah, incorrect. Yeah. We'll pass on. In which decade were M&M's launched? Uh, that would have been uh, the 60s. Incorrect. Uh, who were the three Allied heads who attend, heads of state who attended the Yalta Conference in 1945? Roosevelt, Stalin, Churchill. Correct. Three points for that one. Who played pre- Queen... Uh, sorry, in which year did Paul Brown become head coach of the Cleveland Browns? 1946. Correct. Good knowledge. Uh, complete the title of this film, which won the Oscar for Best Film in 1946, The Best Years of Our... Lives. The first James Bond book, Casino Royale, was released in 1953. Who was the writer? Uh, Ian, Ian Fleming. Correct. And we're out of time. Oh, man. Jeff, that was impressive. Uh, I, I that was impressive. I, missed, uh, I can't believe I missed... I can't believe I missed uh, Phillips... Uh, where was Philip was born? Damn. That was Greece. Uh, you also got uh, the yeah. World War II, the uh, the 1939 NFL champions were the Green Bay Packers. Ooh, there you go. Wow. 
and which country is best? You got that incorrect. America or Britain? I'm afraid to say it's Britain, Jeff. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I didn't want to be. I didn't want to sound like the ugly American. I wanted right, okay. to be, I should have been gracious. But I consider you our. You know, I mean, I consider you our greatest ally. I, I, I don't consider. I, I consider you a part of the. Uh, do you know when uh, uh, Paul Revere did not say uh, the British are coming? The British are coming because we, we were British. We, That's we right. were British. He, he he said he he said the regulars are out. The regulars are out. Exactly. And we, we still have that special yeah. relationship, and we do that through podcasts now by talking to people <laughs> like you and uh, coming to see your football I hope, teams. I hope I haven't set back. Uh, uh, I hope I haven't set back our relation, our, our uh, the country's relationship back. You know. You didn't. Years, not hope, at all. I think. I think you've advanced them by years. I think you should be president instead of that person in the White House at the moment. <laughs> yeah. To be honest with you, it wouldn't be very. Hard. It wouldn't be very hard to advance. Well, right that's right correct. Now, anyway, we won't get into politics on this podcast. Um, <laughs> Jeff, listen. We know that you've got to go. Uh, practice is ending in a moment, so you've got to scoot off and do your thing. Uh, you've got yeah. eleven right, so we'll be sending you something in the post. Um, but for now, Jeff, uh, thanks so much for the time. It's always a pleasure uh, to talk hey, Bengals with you. It's 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 been great. Would love to join you guys. I've got my own podcast that I'm that I'm working on, and you guys are definitely. Uh, we're def- I'm definitely going to be calling you, and uh, I'm going to have to work on a quiz. <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> we better get going on that one. All right, Jeff. Thanks so much. Okay. Uh, enjoy the season, thanks, guys. Thanks so much, yeah, Jeff. Cheers, man. Much. Well, there we go. That was Jeff. He scored eleven in the Bengals UK Mastermind was, quiz. Impressive knowledge in there. I tell you, I was quite impressed with that. Well, how many would you have got? Honestly, not many. Really? To be fair, yeah. One thing I want to say quickly, and none of you will see this. This is like behind the scenes production type oh, thing. God, here we go. <laughs> You'll never see, right? So we have guests on every week, right? I get round here. Paul, Paul's dead strict. He's like, you got to get round here for half seven. You got to get round here for half seven. And I'm always here at like 25 2, and he's tearing his hair out. And. I've never met a man in my life that is a more punctual caller than Paul Hurons, right? If we tell Jeff Hobson he's on at eight, as the clock strikes eight, he'll get a call from Paul. <laughs> it's never like, you know, he never plays it cool and, you know, calls at two or three minutes past. Mate, it's like, I play it cool <laughs> every day, but with American guests, you've got to, you know what they're like. British efficiency, is it? British Paul? efficiency. Well, on the dot, as we, it strikes, we need that to, Skype we, button goes. Absolutely. <laughs> and then, of course, they don't answer, so you're yeah. like, like, anyway. Um... Not only are the fans positive, but Mr. Hobson is positive. Oh, he's loving it, the geezer, isn't he? I want whatever he's drinking, I'm having. <sighs> 11 and 5. That's massive, isn't it? Okay, let, let, let's let's start going through this, shall we? Um, I've got the schedule in front of me. Um, let's go through each game and do a yay or nay that the Bengals are going to win, right? Okay. We're going to talk about the Colts first. And I, I have to say, they have to win against the Colts. The Colts aren't very good. No, it's, I, I was actually thinking about this today, you know, and I, I do think that the Colts, I was looking at their roster, it ain't good. No. I mean, leave aside Luck Andrew Luck. played in nearly two years either, a competitive game. William Jackson, I mean, they're off, even though they yeah, drafted Quentin Nelson, yeah. their offensive line is still a problem, and we've got an, a pretty yeah. frightening pass rush. And also, T.Y. Hilton's a good player, but that's the only real weapon. They've got Marlon Mack on running, but they're, they're not... It's not bad, but... Yeah, it's not... William Jackson's going to take out the only If it was at home, we should trash him. Yeah. But I think, I think being on the road... It's a bit of a leveller, isn't it? It's a bit of a leveller. I, I think we should win that. Yeah, and now I'm with we you. We need to win that. The only, the only weakness I think Indianapolis can exploit is the tight ends, again, over the middle. They've got mm. two... 
Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron. Yes, I was looking at that. So, you know, they've got some talent at tight end, and that is our weak point. And I do think that Ebron's very inconsistent. He is, yeah. I still see a Bengals win. I can't. They're just a better team on paper all around. I think so. I do think, I think, like I said, we have to win that game. If you lose that and then you're playing a prime time game against the Ravens, that is a worrying situation, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, let's go on to the Ravens. The next week two is Ravens at Bengals. I'm going to say home win for the Bengals. Yes, I- I'm going Ravens. Are you? Yeah, prime time. Just I just don't see it. The Bengals should beat the Ravens. I think we're a better team than the Ravens, but I think prime time. I think the yeah. Bengals lay an egg. Wow. Well, I I'm going. So that's one on one. Write this down. Yeah. Uh, I'm going two and zero. Oh. Bengals at Panthers. <sighs> I think we nick that. I think I. Initially, I thought no, that's in a way that's a home win for the Panthers. Mm. But I, I've been thinking about it the last couple of days. I do think we can nick it against the Panthers. Really? Yeah. I mean, they're a team quite so similar to us. You're eating the same stuff as Jeff Hobson. Three and zero, you're going. Yeah, for now, it's not going to last. But um, <laughs> I do see us nicking that game. All right, I really do. Next one. So uh, that that's three and zero for me. Yeah. So what about you? Two and one, I am. Two and one. Uh, Bengals at Falcons. Falcons all day. Yeah, I just think they've got too many weapons. Although they do give you a chance. Yeah, it's always it's at the uh, it's at the Falcons though. Isn't it? Yeah, I agree. Georgia so that's Dome. three and one for me. Uh, Dolphins at Bengals. Yeah, I think we do the Dolphins. I think Jeff was right. You have got to take Tan Hill. We're at yeah. home. I'd like to think yeah. we'd win that. I think they're. I think they can be a tough team. Yeah, but I think we win this one. Yeah, so that's four and one for me, and that's what three and two for you. Yeah, Steelers at Bengals. I mean, this could go either way. I'm going uh, Steelers. We always, you know, we've got an appalling record against the Steelers, but uh, I know I'm going. Uh, I'm going Bengals home win. Oh, what is this? What oh, is yeah. this? What's that beer you've got? Isn't that the one from that geezer in um, Matt Moon? In Matt-, Matt Moon's heathen American pale ale. It's doing funny things to me, Nathan. Yeah, but the Bengals are five and one according to you. I know, right? Uh, yeah. Not for long. Bengals at Chiefs. No, I'm going Chiefs. One, there's only one winner of that game, I think. So you're um, five and two now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Bucks but, at Bengals. Yeah, I'm going Bengals in that. Me too. It's six and two, and I've got four and four. Saints at Bengals. I'm going Saints. Me too. I think I think the Saints are a pretty well-rounded team. Uh, they're always good games against the Saints, though, and as they are against the Falcons, mm. we've always could be good, you know, exciting games, and I just think they. Have a few too many good skill players. Um, yeah. So I think the Saints are going to roll into PBS and win that one. Bengals at Ravens. So I think the Bengals might steal that one. See, I've gone for a home win for the Ravens. That okay. One. Okay. So we, you got you at six and four, me and five and five. So we're catching each other up. Browns at Bengals. Yeah, I think we beat the Browns at home. Mm-hmm. The Browns worry me though. I do think we could easily I do lose too. a game to them. I, I do I, too. I think you know I'm going to go with the Bengals, but barely. I just think um, they've just got too much talent. Yeah, and Jeff's right to kind by of. By that's that point. Question of the, season, the offensive they, line. By that point in the season, they might have got it going as well. Baker might be firing. Yeah. What are you going Tolles. for then? Uh, I'm going for I'm going for a home win. Okay. But I, you know, I'll come on to the you know the next Browns game later. Um, Broncos out. Bengals. I think this is going to be tough games. We always play each other seemingly every year. Actually, they're almost like an extended divisional um, foe, aren't they? But yeah. I think we'll win that game. You think we beat them? Yeah. I mean, they've got a lot of good players. Now they've got a quarterback. They're going to be dangerous. 
Okay. But I just think we're the better team. I am going to go for a win in that as well. I don't think the Broncos, they've got, what's his name starting? They um, Case Keenum, haven't they? Yeah. I think at home we should win that game against the Broncos. I agree. Uh, Bengals at Chargers. So what have I got at the moment? Uh, You've got eight and four. I've got seven and five. Bengals at Chargers. I have actually seen the Bengals at the Chargers twice in San Diego, and they won both, which was incredible, really, to see them win twice on the road. I think now they're in L.A., I think that's going to be a stretch for us. But I don't think the charge is that good. Philip Rivers is another year older. Keenan Allen's a bit susceptible to injuries. I think that could go either way. I do too. But I'm going to go for a Chargers win. I think that'd be a really good game, actually. Chargers, are, I mean, I think the Chargers will challenge the Chiefs for that uh, AFC mm. West. Um, but I don't think, I don't know. I think they're about a 10 and 16, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I say Chargers. You're going to charge as well, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Raiders at Bengals. The Or should I say the Bengals B team at the Bengals. <laughs> <laughs> Paulie G back in town. Paulie Gruden G back in town. In town. Brandon LaFell back in That's town. AJ McCarron back in town. That's Reggie Nelson be... back in town. Yeah. I could just keep going. I think the Raiders, you know. I don't. I think that the Bengals are going to absolutely knack up, hammer them. Really? Absolutely. Bloody hell, all right. So that's nine and five for you, and it's seven and seven for me. Bengals at the Browns. I think we lose it. Me too. I'm. I think we're going to lose one of the Browns games this year. Mm. But of course, by this stage of the season, it's the penultimate game. So it's like, well, the Browns might have fallen off a cliff. Yeah. We might have fallen off it because there are some games that could go either way in that. Oh schedule, yeah, hundred percent. Playing some good teams. So the Browns might not have nothing to play for. Yeah. We might. I still, as it is, I'm going to go home win. So that's... Uh, you're going Browns to win it? Yes. Okay, so you're at nine and six. And then Bengals at Steelers. I'm going I'm to go the Bengals win it. Oh, yeah. A shock win at the end of the season to get us to eight and eight. I'm going uh, a loss, a uh, home win okay. for the Steelers. Which So my prediction for the end of the season is nine and seven. Uh, my prediction for the end of the season is eight and eight. That's pretty good. Um, we'll talk about around the league in a little while, but we've got some more predictions from you lot now. So here's our next Bengals UK prediction package. Let's have them. day. Morning everyone, this is Duncan Eden, also known as Slam Dunk the Funk. Uh, solid Twitter handle, oi oi Savaloy, Nathan Palmer. Splendid job you do with the podcast boys. My prediction for this season is Bengals will go 11-5. Hoo day everyone, enjoy. Hoo day from Liverpool, home of the mighty blues. Quick thanks to Paul and Nathan for all their Bengals UK efforts. It's really changed the experience of being a Bengals fan here, so nice one, lads. Uh, really confident about the season. Everyone's sleeping on us for some reason, but we're dangerous in all three phases. So I've lumped on the over six and a half wins. I've took a very generous 11 to 1 for us to win the division, and I think we're going to go 11 and 5. Uh, I'm excited to see uh, our timber carrying Randy Bullock get a ring. So uh, cheers, Phil. Who day guys, Tom McDowell here. I'm really looking forward to the next season. I think we've got a lot of talent on paper, but we've had a lot of talent on paper before. 
hopefully though it'll be the coaches that we've got had this season that will tip us over the edge I see us going 9-7 and seven and hopefully making the playoffs depending on how the Steelers and Ravens do cheers guys Hi Bengals UK, this is Martin Greer from Luton Town, Bedfordshire. Congrats on your 2,500 Twitter followers and the positive vibe you're creating. I'm predicting an exciting offence, QB bashing defence and an AFC North winning 12-4 record. Here's to the Super Bowl and a new Who Day rap. Top work guys. Hello Bengals fans, hope we're all excited for the new season. Sean Phoenix here, just giving you my predictions for the season. Really looking forward to seeing our defensive line in action. I think we're going to be really good this year. The, the front four are just going to be unbelievable and the rotation we've got is just amazing. Hopefully, and I really think we can set a sack record this year. I'm going to be bold here and I think we can finish somewhere around the 11-5 record for the season, which would be unbelievable and I really think this team's capable of it. Hi, I'm Peter Danswell, otherwise known on Twitter as Dadders. I'm looking forward to a really good season for the Bengals this year, largely because of a very positive pre-season. Predictions? Well, I just predict we're going to stick it to the neutrals who give us no love and no respect and never have done. I can see it's going to be a top five, if not an elite defence. Sack City with 40 plus sacks coming from that D-line and three members of it having double digit sacks. Overall, I see a 10-6 record and into the playoffs. After that, who knows? Who day? Well, there we go. You heard in that package, uh, Duncan Yeadon, uh, Phil H. I'm not quite sure what Phil's surname Hatton, is. Hatton, I think. Is it? Yeah. Phil Hatton. I literally love Phil. He's okay. a great guy. Yeah, he's a great guy. Uh, Tom McDowell, Martin Greer, Sean Phoenix and Peter Dadswell. More to come before the end of the episode. Thanks so much for sending those in, guys. Very positive, those geezers, aren't they? They're loving well, it. Well, there does seem to be a theme developing. Yeah, I know. All this 10 and 6, 11 and 5 malarkey. Fair but, play. I hope so. I hope they're right. It's the defensive line that seems to be getting yeah. people juiced up. No, they? You know what I mean? People are really into it. Oh, you just, I know it sounds so negative, but they've got to stay healthy. If they well, can stay healthy and you have got Gino, Carlos, and, you know, what's his name? Um, people Billings. Like Billings. Billings is a Jordan Willis. Jordan Willis and Carl Lawson. It could be ferocious. Could be. Especially Should be. Especially with back. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's always a threat. Well, that's my big worry, the run the run defense. That's yeah, my big worry. And also the coverage in the linebackers. Yeah. We seem to have a really good secondary, at least starting secondary. I'm yeah, a bit yeah. worried about the depth. Um and a really good defensive line, and we've got that middle bit, which is a bit soft, and that's the bit that I'm worried about. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, right, um, we should talk about around the league. Who's who's getting you excited around the league at the moment? And what are your, Who are your tips for Super Bowls and AFC <sighs> champions and NFC champions and all sorts? I think 
you know, I think the Steelers are always going to be there. I actually think Green Bay will be very, very competitive this year. Really? Yeah. Why? I just think Aaron Rodgers is so dangerous. And, you know, I mean, I know they've moved on from Jordy Nelson, but I do think that the Green Bay are potentially in a good position. I think just because their division is so weak, I think New England are almost guaranteed to be there yeah. or thereabouts. The Jets aren't very good. The Dolphins aren't very good. And frankly, I think the Bills will be quite poor and regress this yeah, season. Me too. So I think that's almost a given that they're going to take that division out. I think we'll be in the mix. I do. I mean, I said eight and eight with our prediction. I do think we have the potential to win ten or eleven games. Eleven yeah. being a real stretch. Yeah. But yeah. I also do think with the wrong injuries and a bit of bad luck, we're not much better than a five or six win team again. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I do think that's. I still think that offensive line is a big problem. And I think the it running will game get found especially. Out. Yeah. We shall see. Oh, it's almost upon us. What about you, Paul? Do you I, think there's any teams that you like? Yeah, I do. I like the Vikings. I yeah. think they're going to go one step further this year. In fact, they could be my NFC tip for the champion, for the for the Super Bowl, rather. Um, you know what? I, I kind of like Dallas. Oh, no, I hate Dallas, but I kind of think they've got some good players. But I don't think they're going to get that far. The Giants will be improved, but they won't threaten. Yeah. Um, the Eagles, will they get back? It's difficult to do in it back to back, but they've got the team for it, you know. So yeah. why not? I think it's going to come down to the, the Eagles and the Vikings, and yeah. I'm going to choose the Vikings. AFC, I think you're right. New England are shooing for that division, but I'm I don't think they're going to get through to the Super Bowl this year. No, I think they might be actually one and done in the playoffs. Yeah. Jacksonville could be threatening, couldn't they? Jacksonville could be really threatening, but my tip for the AFC Championship Ooh. is the sin. No, um, <laughs> it's it's the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, it's a fair on shout. one proviso. Patrick Mahomes, if Mahomes does the business, yeah, and I think a sneaky dark horse is Houston this year. Yeah, interesting. And interesting. us. Yeah. I think we are genuine dark horses. Yeah, we are. And as Dad has said, you know, I'd be so, and I've said it on it, I'd be so happy if we can just like stick it to the media. You sound like Kevin Keegan more and more every I week. Know. <laughs> I know, I <laughs> know. Anyway, we've got, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we asked uh, you guys if you wanted to win a copy of Madden 19 for either the PS4 or the Xbox One. Your mission was to create a Bengals-themed cover for a Madden 19 cover. Because obviously, you know, we all know who's on the cover, and frankly, we're not having it. So we want a Bengals-style cover. And we received um, a good amount of... of That's uh, a really good entrance. I was impressed by it, especially <laughs> some of the, you know, professional ones are very, very well done. Yeah, people a lot of good like, fans. Had, a, had a real go on Photoshop and all the rest of it. So thanks, thanks for... Um, taking the time to enter but we have picked one we're going to put it on twitter well what what the point is we're going to send it to our designer uh who's going to design it up and mock it up um but the winner is our facebook user chris carlisle so chris um it's different i'm not going to even describe what's on there at the moment but it is really sweet and really lovely um so we'll be in touch in the next few days and uh, we can take things from there. But well done, Chris. And thanks for everyone who entered. Uh, thank you, everyone, for entering. I mean, there were some really strong entrances in there. Chris's in particular, I really did like. Um, very sweet. Yes. So thank you very much, everyone. And while we're kind of at the, the, 
the digital notice board, the Bengals UK Parish Hall notice board. Um, just to remind you about our meetup on October the 28th, Sunday, October the 28th, at the tap room upstairs at the brew house kitchen I'm so I'm so like I literally reminds it, it gives me like PTSD of you like the Britain's Protection Pub <laughs> when it was up in Manchester you make me sound like the some Britain's sort of protection 80 pub. old man with false teeth or something <laughs> yes the uh, Britain's Protection <laughs> Pub but no it, this is the brew house uh, and kitchen in North London uh, Highbury Corner nearest tube Highbury in Islington go on to our we'll, we'll be putting up flyers and whatnot. but we'll be watching the Bengals and and the Buccaneers live on a massive screen. Everyone's got to turn up for that. That's going to be a quality evening, that is. We should beat the Bucks. Everyone Absolutely. have a few beers. It's a really nice venue as well. Good food. Yeah. It's quite centrally located for people getting back to wherever you need to go. Like 100%. It'd be quality to have people there. I reckon we'll get about 50 people, you know. Well, let's hope so. I reckon we'll get 50. Let's hope so. Um, we've got some questions. Um, Jamie a, at Beaster. What has been Nathan Paul's favourite and least favourite moments as a Bengals fan? A good question, that is. Least favourite, the Steelers Pittsburgh game playoff mile, loss, we won't talk about. Uh, the best for me uh, was watching the Super Bowl when I was a kid, but also, I think, in recent years, just actually wasn't watching a game. It was Friday night in the Bengals pub at the Admiralty, uh, just meeting loads of people that I'd spoken to on Twitter for the first time. A pub full of Bengals fans, American and British. It was just fun. Anthony Munoz walking about, Dave Lapham walking about, Ken Anderson walking about. It was just unbelievable, wasn't it? I completely, that's a really good shout, actually. I mean, if you're talking about off the field, I mean, do you know, it sounds silly as well, but some of the best moments for me, and that, that night in the Admiralty was incredible, some of the best moments for me have been talking to people like Carlos Dunlap on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's something I never thought I'd be doing. So certainly off the field, that would go there as one of my favourite moments as a Bengals fan. Um, on the pitch, Burfick's pick against Pittsburgh at the end of that playoff game, when I thought it was done, that I was going absolutely mad then. And Drake Kirkpatrick's in interception against Peyton Manning when we beat the Broncos in prime time. Yeah. Because we'd had such a, a bad one. run then and he picked that off, took it back to the house. And yeah. I remember the camera panning to Peyton Manning as he's walking off the field and all the fans jumping up and down. And that was a special moment. Uh, okay, Michael Fisher at Cosmic Sausage, 77 LO Sausage. Solid handle. Um, if you could choose one of the following Hall of Fame players in their prime to come into the current Bengals roster, who would you choose? Joe Montana, Barry Sanders or Ray Lewis? I, to be honest, the way our linebacking set, as much as I hate to say it, maybe Ray Lewis. Imagine I, him and Burfecht. I hate Ray Lewis. I, I, I hate him. I hate him. Yeah, I can't stand his kind of preacher well, he probably hates way. You. Well, good, good. I don't mind that. I I despise him. He's. I reckon uh, you should I have could a fight be with Ray extremely Lewis. libelous here, but I'm not going to. <laughs> um, Bloody hell! Oh yeah, the hatred is real for that one. I don't you're hate Ray many Lewis. people. I never thought that. And uh, anyway, I won't go into the reasons why I dislike him so much. But yeah, you're right. Montana, very similar. Actually, don't laugh at this, but him and Dalton are very similar in style. Mm. Uh, obviously, there's kind of quite a, a way apart in ability, but in, in style. He's yeah, a West Coast, West Coast quarterback, exactly. and yeah, yeah, as yeah. is Dalton. So, you know what? Maybe Montana. I'd say Lewis first, Montana second. Barry Sanders was one of my favourite players growing up. He was just astonishing. 
But what's the point of having an amazing winner back when you haven't got a line of blocks for you? So Great shout. Agree with you, Paul. Agree with you. Not, not often that. Um, Duncan Price at Dastardly Duncan. Dastardly uh, Duncan is up in his game every single week. If if the Bengals were Dastardly Duncan, they'd start off a bit ropey. By the end of the season, they'd be gunning. <laughs> Dastardly Duncan is gunning. Oh, yeah. He's firing on all cylinders. He's uh, Dastardly. Um, AF no- AFC North theme today. More... Um, more receiving TDs. Uh, th- these can be one-word answers. Uh, Antonio Brown or AJ Green? Brown. Yeah, me too. More sacks. Suggs or Lawson? Lawson. Lawson. Five years ago, it could have been a different thing. Obviously, because Lawson wasn't playing. But you know <laughs> what I mean? If Suggs was at the Suggs same level. back end, and I think Lawson's yeah. on his way up. I think he'd be close, actually. More interceptions. Browns or Bengals? That's a good one. That's difficult, isn't it? I think actually the Browns. I think Terra Austin is preaching this sort of, you know, turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. But historically, we've been very slow at interceptions. Yeah, I agree. Um, Dave Stewart at Bengals. No, Bengal Stewart. Hello, David. I have a question in the UK. Who mocks more? <laughs> I have a question in the UK. Who makes more sense this offseason, the Bengals and Marvin or the Raiders and John Groovin? Just saying. I don't get it. Well, he's saying that, you know, all these sort of chirpers who are saying that Marvin, blah, 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 Bengals are doing the wrong thing, blah, blah, blah. And then you've got the Raiders who just seem to be throwing the baby out with Raiders the Raiders are such a funny team, aren't they? I mean, you got They're that, insane. It's just, it is funny, though, isn't it? If They've you're a fan, always you been think, insane. You'd always think it was jokes, though, wouldn't it? Just outrageous decisions. Oh. Like the Darius Hayward Bay pick and yeah. just so many out That trade for Carson Palmer, frankly, was outrageous. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously the Khalil Mack thing. I mean, the Khalil Mack, yeah, that's. I mean, bad, they could have it? been knocking on the door. Actually, they're quite a similar team to us in terms of levels. But mm. I think just losing Khalil Mack just sets them back. Another yeah. couple of pegs, really. Tom McDowell at Wagat Dub DD. Um, with recent veteran cuts, uh, we are now the uh, youngest team in the league. Do you think this lack of experience will hurt us? Or are these youngsters ready? I think that's a good question. And I think Tom's probably right. I think it's all very well and good. And, you know, us getting excited about these young players who are rookies and year one players and hoping they come on. The very, very harsh reality of that is I'm pretty sure last year and the year before Cleveland were the youngest team in the league. And look how that turned out. You do need experience on NFL rosters. And I hope that we've got the experience from a coaching standpoint to maybe help those players out. But I do, I think 100% you're right. I think that is a worry. And you you do need players that have been around the league, that are smart. They know the signals that are getting called. You know, they know how to prepare for games. They know how to deal with injuries throughout the season. I, I honestly think that's a very good question. You know who you sounded a bit like there? Who? Alan Hansen. <laughs> there were nothing with kids. That's what he said when Man United brought Beckham and Skulls through yeah. and he was on match of the... I think the big... Di- I get it. I do get it. Uh, the big difference with this team is that there are there is a solid group of veterans there. Yeah, Dalton. Yeah, Dunlap. Yep. Atkins. Even Perfect. You know, AJ. So you've got all this fantastic young talent. So I think there's a really good balance there, actually. I hope so, because you do think we have a lot, even like Pac-Man Jones we lost in the off-season yeah. was a veteran presence there and stuff like that, as well as all those players that have gone, like your George Alokas. And I, that's why I'm very glad they brought Michael Johnson back, because I yeah, think yeah. you do need heads like that in the locker room where you can get them. It's interesting. I mean, I actually think this is a bit of legacy building for Marvin, because like, a year after this, it's unlikely that he's going to be here. 
You know, I know, yeah, but this, I think you've got to say at the end of this two year contract, if he doesn't win, you know, he's going to be out. And I think there is a bit of legacy building going on for Marvin. And I think it's like he's just going to have Adam just said, you're young, fearless, you don't know what it's like to lose. Off you go. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. Bjorn Whitman at Bjorn Whitman. Solid handle. Um, is this really the new beginning they promise every year? It's the first question from Bjorn, isn't it? Yeah, I think long-time listener, first-time caller. Love it. Um, I think it's a good point. And I think it's really funny to see all the predictions on, you know, we've had so far being so positive. Um, I think Bjorn's got a point. I think, you know, there is that sort of... You know, at the start of every NFL team, if you went round and did a prediction, fan prediction of every team, I think each team would probably average about a nine and seven or more. Yeah, I yeah. think teams do now. Even the Browns, they'll be excited. They've got Jarvis Landry and people like that. Baker Mayfield, they'll say we can win eight, ten games. You know, every team in the league right now will think they're probably three games better than they are. And I think I agree with him. And there's always a couple of teams that just fall off a cliff. Absolutely. And last year and the year before, we were still in a position where we were playoff team every year. Yeah, we even were, though we were playing really badly. Yeah, and we, we were saying, look, you know, we play, we've been in the playoffs six years in a row and there's all these stats about, oh, look at us, you know, we're winning all these games. We have regressed. And I mean, I, I, I think we were about the same as we've been for the last couple of years. I think we've got, as well, actually what Jeff said, you know, the, the young guys from last year and now a year older, yeah. Um, I do think we've got enough players to make a bit of a go of it. Yeah. Enough skill position. You know, if don't, It all comes down to the offensive line. If we can get the running game going, it's a big if because they've shown nothing in the preseason. Yeah. If they can start to, if the linebacking crew can kind of get it together a little bit, I don't know. I, I'm To answer Bjorn's question, I'm going to say yes. Simply. Is this the big, the new Bengal? Is it? It's new... I think it feels like it feels like another reset, though, doesn't it? It does. New coaches, a lot of young players. Yeah, oh, yeah, maybe. You're if not you're talking just so. about a new beginning from like a fresh standpoint. Yes, but in terms of, is it going to be a 11 win season and we're going to be fantastic? No, Who knows? I think it's. I think you're right to say that that it's a bit of a refresh and they've got rid of some old wood and they're giving the rookies a chance. I think that's exciting and they needed to do that. But I think. I, and this is a probably really unpopular. I think we might win eight games this year, look quite good, and be extremely excited for next year. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't discount that. You yeah, know, it might be you know those young guys starting to hit their peak, and that's yeah. probably why again a reason why Marvin went for the young guys. Yeah, bed yeah. them in this year, absolutely, and then go at it full throttle. Yeah, full hammer. I would have. Yeah, next year. I, do, and I then agree with that. Look out, nanny, for next year. Yeah, I agree with that. That's the point. Okay, before we say our goodbyes, we're coming to the end of this. Um, well, pre bumper preview uh, show. We've got some more predictions from you guys. So here's the final batch of Bengals UK fans telling it like it is. Who day, Bengals fans? I'm Adam, uh, one touchdown tips, add touchdown tips on Twitter. Uh, can't wait for the season now, we've finally made it. Um, as always, the Bengals have been disrespected pretty much everywhere. They're around 10 to 1 for the division, 80 to 1 for the Super Bowl, and the bookies only think we're going to get 6.5 wins. We got 7 last year, and we were awful. We're much stronger this year, we've addressed the offensive line, which was one of the main issues, although, in fairness, still a little worried of what I've seen in pre season on that. 
we have a top five cornerback, top five wide receiver, probably top five pass rush, possibly a top ten running back if Mixon gets it together. What am I missing? Really looking forward to watching William Jackson and Carl Lawson this year. Carl Lawson is a beast. I think we are probably going to go 9-7. and I'd take 8-8 eight and eight though, and then progress on to next year. Hootie! Hey boys, Scott Gibb here from Scotland. Should I say at Scott Gibb1? Bengals fan for 30 years with a pretty mediocre handle. I'm pretty sure you'll agree. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Big Eifert back. Hopefully, it's going to be a tower for us. Uh, predicting AJ Green to be a speed machine. 15 plus touchdowns. Uh, Really looking forward to seeing our big Billy, uh, Billy Price, how he's going to perform. Personal note, I'm uh, stoked for weeks 12 and 13, heading over, uh, two games at home. Um, trying to improve my record from 0-3-1, and one. let's see what happens, hopefully two big W's. So, um, overall, I'm going to go wild. And see, it's a double-digit 10-win season. Who day? Hi, the name's uh, Richard, uh, Jones 82 on Twitter. Um, absolutely loving what you guys have been doing on the podcast. It's kind of surreal as a Bengals fan to have this UK-based podcast. It's pretty amazing. Um, as for what I'm looking forward to this year... Probably uh, Jackson on defense and Ross on offense uh, to see if they can both provide a kind of spark uh, with this very young team. Uh, as for predictions, 10 and 6, and hopefully a first playoff win. Cheers. Hey guys, this is Dean from the West Midlands. Um, currently in Birmingham for the Pro Cloud Transatlantic Trophy between. Birmingham Lions and Helsinki Wolverines and New York Sharks, which will be live streamed if anyone's interested. Um, so, predictions for the Bengals season. Oh boy. Um, I think it's going to take a few weeks for the O line to settle in. Um, I'm really excited to see what John Ross can do. I'm hoping Mixon gets a bit more help, basically, because um, he needs it based on the evidence of the preseason. Um, Super excited about the defence. I think there's a lot of really good stuff going on there. Um, our two-man wrecking crew, I think, are going to carry on wrecking, which is fantastic. Um, I think if we can, like any team, if we can keep a core group of players healthy, um, you know, every team suffers from that problem, um, I think we've got a chance of going maybe just a little bit further in the playoffs this year. Um, Let's see. I'm I'm pretty pretty excited. I think it's going to be a going to be a good season. Who day? Hi guys, this is Mike Smith um, with my season preview. Um, the Bengals themselves, I personally think I'm quite I've got quite a positive outlook of the season. Um, I think that we're a competitive, if not solid, team. 
Um, the guys I'm looking forward to seeing playing the most are the, are the secondary, uh, in particular William Jackson III. I think he's going to take the next step up and be talked about as one of the elite corners of the league in the same, uh, it could even be even the same breath of the likes of Darrell Revis um, over the years. Um, I think also key games for the Bengals are going to be on 14th of October uh, against the Steelers and again on the 30th of December against the Steelers. They are the AFC North favourites. I think that's the standard we've got to set ourselves against against you know one of the best teams in the league and one of the league favourite teams as well. Um, in terms of a, of, a winning, of a record, I think we'll have a winning record this season but I'm going to more or less play it safe and given the strength of our schedule I think 10-6 and six is the uh, most, most likely outcome with um, but I'm happy to say we'll end up with a wild card spot and then who knows. Thanks very much and back to Paul. Well, there we go. Thank you, guys. And um, in that little segment, uh, last segment, actually, of Bengals UK predictions, uh, we had Adam Warford, Scott Gibb. To say Scott was sounding like <laughs> like the creepiest version of Scott Gibb you could ever hear in your life, but we appreciate it, Scott. He said like he was in the back of the van, the geezer, didn't he? <laughs> Which van? I'm not sure. Um, Richard Jones, Dean Jones and Mike Smith. And thanks so much for all the kind words. Really nice that people appreciate. Yeah, it is. We, um, we really appreciate, guys. I mean, we, we have a lot of fun doing this, and it's great to have you guys listening, you know. It was... Um, yeah, and I really hope a lot of those people, you know, some of these names, some of these people I've met, some of them I haven't. Yeah. I'd love to meet some of you guys at the London meetups. So if you can make or it Or any down, meetup, actually. Yeah. We're, we're going to have and try and have a couple during each sort of season and an off-season one. And yeah, it's, it, Get yourself we, down at a Bengals Tampa, a few beers, a few drinks, yeah, absolutely. A, bit of, like, a bit of food, Paul, you know what I mean? Absolutely. You know what um, I mean, didn't you? I do know. what. what, what you, you know what I mean, didn't you? I do know what I mean, don't you? You <laughs> sounded proper cockney there. Um, but I should also add, you know... I should uh, also add... Uh, I'm very... <laughs> I should also add that there are some other people that put some predictions in. No, they didn't, actually. It's people that I forgot to ask ah. and um, who do contribute. And, of course, we've got Jamie Rowe, who does a lot. It's not just that we're the gobshites well, of the Jamie operation. on this? Why is he not... He had the microphone on his telephone, didn't... Portable telephone, didn't work, oh, apparently. Oh, I'm loving that. Um, so, you know, Jamie does a lot of work. You know, Matt Catterall... Mike Smith, Bengals Kev, Tim Knowles, all those boys uh, contribute. <laughs> all those boys. <laughs> all those lovely boys. Now, I'm sounding a bit creepy now. Um, you and Scott keep driving this van. About. I know, right? But, you know, <laughs> people like Stu Davis and uh, Ian Black and Ben Wintle and Sean Whitehead and Helen Sterling and Hanya Stipley and... Mike McGowan and good old just Cosmic just you Sausage. every Bengals fan in the UK. Alec Mullinder, who I met... Um, who I really got on with at the Bengals thing a couple of years ago in the pub. And but those geezers in Manchester we met, they were nice lads. Were yes, Jack, I think one of them yeah. from Leeds. Yeah, really yeah, nice yeah, guys. Yeah. A couple of lads out there who were right good lads. Um, Simon Hunter as well, obviously, who's uh, who's played a part in this podcast. So it's not just us. We are the gobshites of the operation, obviously. Yep. But um, there's plenty more people and, and we are trying to build a community here. Uh, so, you know, if your friends are looking for an NFL team to support, have a word with them. Get them on board. Um, 
We also got to say thank you to the Cincinnati Bengals for paying us a lot of money to do this podcast. Shut <laughs> I told you not to mention that. <laughs> Jeff was actually in the next room. We're actually we actually do this from Cincinnati every week, don't we? Flown out there. We're going out class, to Jeff Ruby's you know. now to have some sort of yeah. chili thing and with with like All cheese right. on top. That's that it. Cool? You know, what I mean, Jeff's just buying the beers, so he said off air. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's got. What's that, Jeff? Sorry. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. We'll be back. We're, we're, yeah, we're finishing now. Shut up, <laughs> Jesus. So, so talkative, isn't he? Right. Uh, I think that's about it. Um, so this time next week. Oh, just a just a heads up as well. We're going to be doing our podcast on a Monday night, every Monday night, because we want to get our kind of uh, pretty crappy analysis. I don't know if I can do next Monday. Might have to be Tuesday. Really? Yeah. Honestly. Serious? Yeah. 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 You're... No, so I've got, I've got, I've got a client meeting next Monday. I can't get right. Out. Okay, so we're going to do the mostly on Monday, but sometimes <laughs> on a Tuesday. Um, so uh, stand by for some excellent first-rate analysis that you've probably heard a million times before elsewhere, and um, lots more chat because we are now. About to get on the roller coaster, Nathan. Paul's giving me some grief. We we're supposed to be recording next Monday, and I've bailed on him. So he's giving me a dirty look. And he's I actually am. You're late that. tonight. And but then... if we do it Sunday night after the game, you're coming around. Paul's coming around to my house for the game. It's a very civilized affair. We're getting some nachos <laughs> and beers in. Um, my partner Rosie does some amazing wings. Amazing. So vegetarian wings vegetarian. as well, and they're honestly they are like, honestly. Uh, that's why I'm coming around. I couldn't care about the game. Bring to be some honest. good beer. We do nachos, great nachos as well. All right, okay. You got to bring. Paul's going to go home a stone heavier. <laughs> All the weight I lost from last time is going <laughs> to be put on. Um, so yes, um, so yeah, this is it. This time next week, we'll know whether. The Bengals are 1-0 and or 0-1. and It's funny, isn't it? Because we've been doing this pod for a long time now and we've never actually been in a situation where we've been excited about the team. Because at the end of last season when we started, we were a complete travesty. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. I actually wanted to have a big rant about the Randy Bullock-John Brown kicker competition, but we haven't <sighs> got time for that. It's not worth it, man. We'll talk about it next week. We'll put it in if we've got time next week, but I have, I have an opinion on that. Dear, you've got an opinion on most things, I have to say. Nathan. Well, that's why I do this podcast. So, yes, uh, thanks very much for listening. Uh, stand by for a week of crazy action and predictions and excitement and enjoy Sunday night. Let's hope the Bengals win. Nathan, score prediction for Sunday? I think we're going to win it. I think I'm going 27-20 Bengals. Yeah, that's not a bad shout, actually. I'll go 31 I'll go 31-17 Bengals. Well, uh, well, I'll take either. Yeah, absolutely. So until next week, it's a who day from me. And a who day from me. Let's go, boys. And thanks for listening. Cheers. And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.